Did you ever have a mini desk? My brother had like six of them. They I were like, um, you remember their yeah. squares? Yeah. Oh. They were basically this in between. So not a disc. They're no, they're squares. S- they're squares. It was like an in between of a cassette and a floppy disk. Okay. So yeah, it was like a cartridge floppy disk thing. It was really weird. It'd be so weird to have like a weird um, mixed up collection of DVDs and stuff where like a DVDs. Brewway players yeah. and confusion. <laughs> Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many people, and they're all too hard to please. So, how do you reconcile? The collection though if you've got like dvds blu-rays i mean those are easy but if you have like laser discs and stuff like that you gotta like also you gotta give sizes, one yeah. away to like get the others i don't know i'm a big fan of like having one of just a kind yeah well that's the thing if you so what if you really love the movie goodfellas so you bought it on every single format that it ever came out cool. that makes more sense to me okay. than like I just love the idea of media and its formats. So let me just <laughs> acquire point. a random assortment of whatever movies. It's like, yeah, I got fucking, I don't know, Karate Kid 3 on Laserdisc, but then I also made sure to keep my Betamax tape of fucking yeah. Ghostbusters or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Ghostbusters yeah. was the wrong pick, but you know what I mean. No, like, no, I get what you're saying. It's like you, you have such a passion for the thing. That doesn't matter what it is, it's just the idea of the format. Instead of going just for, I love the format, and I will buy every... Well, it's video games, though, that's probably the most famous example. People buy everything that's just a type of game, even though they don't like it, just to be completist. I'm not that kind of person. I don't really... I don't do that kind of stuff. You have to have money a little bit, I feel like, to be a collection obsessive. For sure. For sure. Or just be really dedicated. Right. Like, I could buy new clothes... Or I could, I could get this random Mario game yeah. to complete. Just to make Mario. sure I have all 673 NES titles. Very well. That's not the exact number, but I'm close. Is it 600? So I'm I thought it would be way higher than that. Kelly, we, this week. <laughs> this we, is about to podcast. This is about to podcast. This is Mixed Up Confusion. <laughs> we are back. Uh, you listened to our episode on Monday where we talked about Joker Man. We're here to talk about two versions of Joker Man that we watched with our eyeballs, not just our earballs, but our eyeballs. Mm. We watched his famous performance of Joker Man for the first time uh, on David Letterman's show in 1984. That was his first ever performance? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's lots of stories about people being like, this band fucking rocks. I'm going to buy Infidels. And then, oh, no, no. Oh, no. This is not what I signed up for. And then we're going we're gonna to talk about his video. Um, a classic in its own right, but very strange. A fucking very- weird. Very weird, but imagine how weird it would be in 1983. It's a weird fucking song. Oh, I think weird... it's weird no matter what time you live in. Okay, so it, apparently it spawned a lot of copycats and it was a thing. Huh. Uh, and also it's kind of like the precursor of the lyric video, which is such a thing today. So we're going to leave that aside. We talked about you know the iconicness of Subterranean last week. I think this is probably his final iconic video. Like this mm. is kind of, I mean, really, I think you can really chart Empire Burlesque next week. As the, the moment Bob Dylan like fell off for good, uh, for being a, um, a staple of American music writ large, and um, and I think this is probably his last true like 
gift, if you will, to like the culture at large was, I mean, the lyric video in a way. Yeah. And just kind of the weird, like using your words to sort of like using other images to conjure up something else. So Kelly, before we even get into the videos themselves, we were also going to be charting music videos in general. Last week we talked about some of our favorites and kind of an overview of the next four weeks after this. But I want to talk about MTV. I want to talk about the 1980s. So we're in 1983, 84. We were not alive. Nope. I want to make that very, very, very clear. Not alive. Yeah. MTV for us was something, probably TRL was our first like real interaction with it. I mean, this would be 96, 97, yeah, 98. Music videos, either through TRL or just being on and, and like real world is like the well, first I, I remember. Oh, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. And we also have, we'll talk about this later as we go on. Watch music, fuse, all that kind of mm-hmm. shit. So, like, there were uh, a show called Video Concert Hall that came out in 1979. That was the first nationwide video music programming on on American television. No shit. I would assume, on that vague sentence that I read, that the the, the whole thing is that the American programming on American television meant it could show up wherever. There yeah. was no, um, you know, sort of uniformity to where it showed up. Do you up. think it was like a block? Yeah, I think so. A little bit because then there was also later on USA Network also had an evening block as well okay. where they played music videos too before MTV. So it wasn't just like, you're watching the latest episode of MASH. Also, here's a three-minute music video right at the end. Well, yeah. No, I don't think it was that. I think it was, it was just music like an actual videos. dedicated block. Yeah, yeah, it was music videos, but it okay. was like, here's a three-hour show or something. But you might be watching it at 3 a.m. And right. fucking like on a public access channel and that would be crazy Nashville can you imagine like minding your own business watching some other Downtown channel brown shows up on well <laughs> public access <laughs> no but like you fall asleep you wake up the tv still and you're like what the fuck is this oh yeah you got these this is david bowie well that's bowie what the fuck well i think that's pretty interesting because Space bowie Anthony? was one of the first you know we we think of today you know the bugles the video killed the radio star is it bugles or buggles it's two g's I'm going to say Buggles, just because it's funnier. I can't think that it's called the Buggles. <laughs> I feel like that would be a trivia question in and of its own. I'm pretty sure it's the Bugles and Video Killed the Radio Star. I mean, that, that's like the most famous music video of all time because it was the first one aired on MTV. But actually, you know, we talked about before, I mean, the promotional video was a thing. And, and some people consider Bohemian Rhapsody as the first one Ooh, because yeah. they made it specifically for Top of the Pops, not for their record. Uh, and according to one critic, it was, quote, widely credited as the first global hit single for which an accompanying video was central to the marketing strategy. Interesting. And it is, I mean, even to this day, iconic. It's, I mean, the four of them. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely the cover for the single. I mean, oh yeah, perfect. That's corporate synergy, my friend. That's what we talk about today. So I found that really interesting. Yeah. Um, 1980, you know, which is a little bit before this Bob Dylan time, David Bowie, Ashes to Ashes, became the first, um, became the most expensive music video ever made uh, at the time. Uh, $582,000, which is $1.6 million, which might be still up there as one of the most expensive ones ever. It was the first one to go over 500000 Damn. Yeah. The first uh, to be banned on MTV was Queen's Body Language. Hmm. Do you want to guess why? Is it gay sex? It's because, uh, yeah, the homoerotic undertones. Mm. I don't know if there's gay sex. But, gay enough. Uh, gay enough. Or rather, too gay. 
too gay, homoerotic <laughs> undertones. Uh, and also, I, they, no, I don't think any of them were wearing their shirts. Mm-hmm. So that was not, not cool. With MTV. And then later on, Cher in the late 80s, she had the one on the video or the one on the uh, battleship or whatever where she's wearing like a thong. and Oh, yeah. I, oh, if I could turn back time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where she like her whole ass is out and she's just basically just wearing a black V. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like strutting around. <laughs> yeah. So that was only played at nighttime. So by 1989, that was like a nighttime thing. Mm-hmm. In 1980, no. No. Just no. Of any kind. Just can't. Uh, Sex Pistols was banned uh, by the BBC for calling the United Kingdom a fascist regime. Mm-hmm. Did not did not go over. And in 1983, which is the same year as Infidels came out, Entertainment Tonight ran a segment on censorship and, quote, rock video violence. Oh, my God. Where they looked at um, excerpts from Michael Jackson, Duran Duran, <laughs> Golden Earring, Kiss, Kansas, Billy Idol. Def Leppard, Pat Benatar, and the Rolling Stones. Wow. Rock video violence. Wow. So this is the environment that Bob Dylan is making a video in. Before we get to the video, let's talk about David Letterman. So he shows up on another kind of, you know, it's not that music hadn't been played. I mean, the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan. It's like not a thing. But David Letterman was very revolutionary in his own right, and he got a lot of young people watching this for the first time. Johnny Carson's generation of watching him aged, and then the same thing happened with David Letterman's generation as well, oh, aged yeah, yeah. to today, where we're going to watch our people age as well. But David Letterman at this time, this is, I mean, he's just started. And this is also the era where it's not just Johnny Carson alone, it is proliferating across all the major networks. We watched License to Kill. We, mm-hmm. we watched the video of that same performance. What did you think about this? This song is it's better than License to Kill, but I don't think that's like if you're comparing this band to that band, like I, it's just a different song. So that's mood. But oh my god, it's so much better! Right? Isn't it great? This version of this song, Joker Man, is just like it's so much better. It feels like a punk song. Is there an album of this band playing? This oh, is they're a band. I mean, they're they're called the Plugs. Uh, the Cruzados, uh, they're also known as. They were a thing. They were like a legitimate thing for a moment. Huh. Uh, they're also considered the first Latino punk band, um, just where they came out of. And that's where Bob sort of lived, you know, lived in California. That's where they, they just came over and played. And everybody kind of predicted them to be the next big thing, but then like nobody took them on the road. Hmm. And I think, uh, you know, Michael Gray, who was a, obviously an authority in our Joker Man episode, it sort of laments the fact that this, I mean, along with a lot of other critics, but he laments the fact that this band didn't get to play with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he, so he talks about just really quickly, the plugs. I mean, that's kind of what they were going under at the time. Uh, they quote, recreated it uh, as an impassioned howling anthem at the very edges of chaos, yet knowing and lither as snaringly fay and postmodern. Thanks more or less equally to the plugs, Cruzados and Dylan. It was a transcendent mainstream television moment made more gloriously surreal when Letterman came out at the end, looking like a lost Bible salesman uh, on the first number, clasping his hands and telling the audience and the musicians, it was very nice, very nice. Could you he come didn't back every know, Thursday? He didn't even know what he was doing, exactly. Yeah. And then he said, um, the moment where he should have chose the plugs to go on that 84 tour, he said Dylan instead went with the usual suspects, including Mick Taylor, 
the guitarist mm-hmm. for the Rolling Stones, who is, quote, very possibly the world's most boring lead guitarist. And that's the story of Bob Dylan in a nutshell. And I think that's where he lost the cultural cachet. Thank you, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, here's Bob Dylan. feels like but this is bob dylan even today yeah. it's fucking crazy well i mean i've never seen him live and i haven't really watched any of his live performances short of the things that have been on uh the movies that we've seen but he it makes him better mm-hmm. like they make him move around and like be youthful and like try to you know he's got rock couple, out he's man. got a couple fills too yeah in and he like song. kicks his leg out and he's like i'm oh, fucking yeah. here man yeah i'm 38 i'm so, i can still move my fucking hips that's yeah. right it just Oh, and then at the end he couldn't find his harmonica. So it was amazing. Go, oh and he's just like, give me a second while I sound check live my fucking harmonica. And they're just like, still going, don't care. It's amazing. It's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. And then, <laughs> on top of that, one of my favorites is that the harmonica solo is great, but it's underwhelming. After all that. After all of that, <laughs> it's just like, uh, oh. You barely hear it, too. Fine. Yeah. Exactly. It's amazing. But it's great. It's got, like, this chord coming from mm-hmm. the fucking wall and just, like, oh, I'm playing harmonica. And I... You know, and David Letterman, I mean, they've become, even Bob Dylan was an institution at the time, but so was David Letterman. It's weird to have them in the same room, especially with, like, an older man like Dylan and such, like, a young, like, upstart, if you will, as David Letterman. It's so weird that today they're kind of just, like, they're the same person. They're just mm-hmm. old guys from an older life. But in this moment, Dylan's the old guy, you know, but also Dylan's bringing this punk shit. Yeah. Very cool. What a huge and also really cool to watch. Missed opportunity and like a robbery from the world. I would say the the biggest lost opportunity What's is this? playing with the plugs and like playing all of the songs. Because License to Kill is better with this too. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a record where they're fucking playing like this? It sucks. Well, it just so, takes out all the pompacity of the song, like the melodramaness of the song that makes it feel a little cheesy at times. With this punk version, it's like, everything is earnest and amazing. Yeah, I agree. And also, it's really, yeah, it's fun. Like, 
the drummers are just going nuts. Everyone seems to really be enjoying themselves. Yeah, sure. And that is the thing with this type of classic rock that we describe today as classic rock, this music, is that there are human beings making it. But man, when you see them play it, it is rough. It is like slow, stayed, no one's moving, no mm-hmm. one's doing anything because you've played it a billion times. Right. And that's always the thing with Bob Dylan. It just It's shocking that you've played like a Rolling Stone you know 2100 times like of all the songs you have is that you really like doing that you know it, it's it's bizarre because a song like this only gets played 150 times and, right but this one performance I mean I won't go up against like a Rolling Stone but a lot of the other songs he's played a lot don't have an iconic performance like like this song and it's only been played 100 times like that's kind of crazy to me anyway Let's talk about the music video. Anyways, yeah. So music video, what did you think of this music video? Is there any uh, corollaries to today's world that you can that you can see? Ooh, I don't know about that. But I did, it was like, he graduated from cue cards to words on the screen. But he did really still want that. It needed to be part of it. I need text. I need people to see my text. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's fucking weird. I, I can't really think of... I can't think of a video that is... And great enough in my mind to recall it now. That is yeah. similar where it's just like, here's an image, here's an image, here's an image. Because that's, well, intercut with the worst close-ups of Bob Dylan's face that no one ever wanted to see. No. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. Do you think, can you think of a video that's like... No, no. I just think ly- lyric videos. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And today lyric videos use some of that. I mean, obviously they might use cool typography and things like that. But they will use this kind of stuff where right. they're using the images to evoke something. Right. Usually it's like if a song's about Jersey or something, they'll just have like a long shot of Jersey, which doesn't have the same resonance. But if you, yeah, some of them do have, uh, you know, sort of quick cuts based on the lyrics itself. But I think sometimes people don't take the lyrics into consideration. It's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is very much lyrically thought out. If oh, yeah. You will. So this was a, yeah, co-produced by Larry Sloman, who wrote one of the first, uh, he wrote uh, about Bob Dylan on the Rolling Thunder Review, one of his first biographers, uh, and was there as well. And and George Lois, who uh, was part of his the Rolling Thunder and part of the Night for Hurricane, Hurricane Carter, which we've not listened to yet on the podcast. He's actually the one uh, George who um, who did the video. Bob, in the end, was not so stoked. So Larry Sloman actually has a really great take talking about the making of the video. Uh, he said, "Quote: So the next day we shoot him. This guy is one of the greatest poets." that we have working in contemporary music. So we were going to just take his words and put them in your face. The second thing was that we would use great artworks to illustrate his art. And third, we would shoot Bob and make him look as heroic as his artwork. That was the goal? And the whole time Bob was lip syncing the chorus, Joker Man danced to the Nightingale tune. For the whole shoot, he kept his eyes closed. After every take, George would plead with him, Bob, please open open your eyes. Bob would say, I'm trying. Finally, on the last take, and to me, this is the ultimate Dylan video, we got him to open his eyes, and he looks cagely at the camera. We had captured that Dylan mystique, I think. So Columbia flips out. They think they have the greatest video of all time. And it's about to go on the air, and Bob wants to kill it. Well, not kill it. He likes everything except what was shot of him. (laughs) He wants to go to Malibu and take some 8mm handheld thing and do some shots of him on the beach instead. George says, fuck him. I know better. I don't want him to do that. 
I really appreciate that because the whole time I was like, "Open your fucking eyes!" Why aren't you? And then in the last fucking chorus, I was like, "Oh my god, close your eyes, please!" It's so upsetting. Are you coming through the screen to murder me? Please don't. iconography work for you i mean you don't have to be like an art scholar or something to know that some of these are like famous paintings and yeah and really old and they kind of line up i mean the historical ones i think hit you over the head like hitler and mm-hmm. d-day and, and and even bob dylan going through which we'll kind of go through a little right. bit here but did the did it work for you i mean were you constantly like oh that's kind of that's I mean, intriguing i or, thought it was goofy and i didn't know enough to relate it directly to the text other than the ones that, yeah, were really obvious. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really have any bones about it. And I think that it's... I'm glad it exists because it's so silly when it's him. But And also just so weird. Like, this is... I, that image is fucking cursed, the next one. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, but we're about to go through all We're going to so, yeah. him, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely recognize some of it, not all of it. Um, and I... I think it's interesting. Yeah. When you when this is a new medium and you don't really know what the fuck to do. Yeah. yeah, why not? Well, I think it's a really fun idea. It kind of melds the two worlds. You know, what you can do with music videos now is so intense. This is pretty simple, but yep. it's also kind of powerful. It's like almost an acknowledgement of a, of a, of a time that's like about to be gone. Yep. About to be in the all video age. This sort of stuff is kind of passe. I, mean, I think you it's, go I to think the it's an effective way to, to portray something really simply. I, I agree. I, and I think they do it pretty well. And I like the idea even when Sloman's talking about it, he's like, we have the greatest poet of all time. Why wouldn't we put the words out there? And I think in terms of a Bob Dylan lyrical heavy song that's actually good, um, this would be one of them. You yeah. know, I mean, of all the songs, I mean, we had Subterranean. I mean, I like the idea of upgrading, yeah, uh, yeah. which kind of works. I mean, yeah, so we've got, you know, we've got... We're not going to go through everything, but if you are interested, I'm going to tweet out every single one of these on Twitter, so you can definitely see every single one of them. So go look for that. I'll link it in the show notes at sotwpod.com. Just go to Infidels. Go find it. It's not too hard. You can search our website. Um, and I recommend it because I'm going to not only show stills that are pretty famous from Expecting Rain that you can, like, if you Google it, you're going to find it, but I'm actually going to, f- I'm going to link to the legitimate links and stuff to all this artwork because you can go to this day and go to um, the Museum of Modern Art in New York you can go to Smithsonian that's where these are and mm. they're in the Louvre they're in London they're all over the world in fact so I would highly recommend that and I want to do my part there because I actually really like this video and I really love almost everything I think that they choose such interesting very 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 famous um Paintings and uh, and moments in history to uh, but um, Bob Dylan's words, which I think are, I think what we talked about in the show that made this song so great is that you can read this in a ton of different ways, and it can just be a silly, goofy little song, or it can be something really profoundly religious, or it can be in the middle, you know, where it's like I kind of understand that this is deep, and I can see some of it, but for the most part, I'm pretty baffled, and I don't know a lot of this artwork, so I'm pretty baffled too. That's I mean, how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you look at this. I mean, the very first thing is you think it's like Jesus. Is that not Jesus? No, it's, it's just uh, it's just the, the, the painter. 
uh, his self-portrait. But he's he's obviously playing on the idea of Jesus. Oh, that. And then the cursed image. Yeah, the Sumerian. So we're just going to go over a couple of them. So the Sumerian art, idol was, was not fun. Uh, the slave ship. Yeah, slaves throwing overboard the dead and dying. Typhoon coming on by M.W. Turner. Um, you know, and, and that's dark. That's slave ships uh, and then distant ships sailing into the mist. Mm-hmm. Like to link that to slavery is that's powerful. That's powerful shit right off the bat. That's adding another layer to the song that was not there before. You know, we, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking more like mysterious mists off in the distance. But what if the distant ships are coming to enslave you? You know, that that gives it another weight. We have a Minoan snake goddess. We talked a little bit about Medusa. I really enjoyed the Bob Dylan, the when uh, the the hair, the mm-hmm. multicolored hair. Um, so that was a, a famous um, when his greatest hits was coming out. They commissioned Columbia Records commissioned um, this piece of artwork to yeah. try to sell it. So that's an old Bob Dylan. It's an old Bob yeah. Dylan picture from yeah. the sixties, okay. from nineteen sixty six, and I love it because that's the first movement of the song. Yeah. Where you're watching it and it's just stills, and then you get the sh- little, little shaky, yeah, That's which fun. is great. It's so gifable today, mm-hmm. as we would say, as the kids say. But um, but yeah, I mean, you've got Michelangelo and Moses, and you've got, uh, and then you've got Bob Dylan, and then yes, you do. I think that the first time you see Bob is probably one of the most jarring experiences that any human being could have. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's like your child being like born while you're like just watching and it's just like <laughs> you're like ah! and you freak out you know it's like I didn't think it looked like oh, that oh god yeah so that was rough and it's like the black backdrop and it's like how oh. old is he? Uh, 83 he was born in 41 so he's 42 okay he has some deep lines on his face and he like he's lived a life I he's yeah a- I know the but the haircut and the lack of facial hair is not doing him any favors. And obviously the outfit, too. And the zooming. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of unfortunate uh, grooming and style choices. What I also made. hate, and I've always hated from time immemorial, is he's wearing... He's obviously holding a guitar. Right. He's got a strap on, and we see it. And uh, this is not a guitar... You're not playing any of that no. stuff. No. Yeah. And I, and I hate that the implication that he's, like, strumming away at something, and it's like... No, that's not in that's the song. not the song. No. You're you're just you have a couple fills or something. Yeah. Don't sit and pretend like you're playing something. I fucking hate that stuff. Verse two, I found really interesting though. When we get into the Bob Dylan stuff, you know, so swiftly the sun sets in the sky, and we get a picture of him recording Highway sixty one revisited in nineteen sixty five. It's fascinating. Sixty five to eighty three. I mean, that's a long time. It's almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. Like we're. We just celebrated the 50th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, it, it's bizarre even to think, you know, that the man who we just saw awkwardly is this beautiful young man right here. <laughs> and then obviously we go from that right to Jesus. And I think that's something that lends to the the Jesus as Christ parallel that oh, yeah. Joker Man sort of plays on. Obviously you've seen Jesus right off the bat. But it's less Jesus as Jesus. It's more Bob Dylan and Jesus. So to go right from that to this... I think it's pretty fucking intense. Um, and then this is where we get the history stuff. Fools rush in. We get D-Day. We get an American soldier being dead. And then we get the great end of that second verse where it's just all the Bob Dylan images. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got right there. That's the essential Bob Dylan. We've got Times They Are Changing. We've got uh, Folk Singer's Choice. No, that we got uh, Gaslight. We got Basement Tapes Bob. Um, 
1974 Bob. That's like a Nobody Sept You Bob. Rolling, Rolling Thunder. Thunder Bob. Uh, also Rolling Thunder Bob. Rolling Thunder Bob. Rolling Thunder, the 76 edition Bob. Uh, fuck. That looks like John Lennon. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, and then one of the more iconic um, photo sessions in Bob Dylan's career is that guy. So, yeah, a lot of like Bob Dylan stuff, but also the, those lyrics over that. You know, shedding off one more layer of yeah. skin, keeping one step ahead of the persecutor within. One of the best lines in the entire song, because I think that speaks probably more than any other line in there to what we... I think what we do as human beings, you know, we try to shed off the stuff that we don't like about ourselves and we try to keep one step ahead of, of the criticism that we give ourselves. Mm-hmm. And someone like Bob Dylan knows everything about <laughs> living within the skin and letting that shit go and literally never coming back to it. So <laughs> I found that I found that very powerful and I really, really love that moment a lot. And then we go on to verse three. We've got some stuff from Greece. Uh, you're a man in the mountains. You walk in the clouds. And then who do we see, Kelly? Keithler? Charlie Chaplin? I wish it was Charlie Chaplin. So that's powerful. Manipulator of crowds, you're a dream twister. Mm. And then another and then movement immediately right to image the with the, the bomb man. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Kosanam and Gamora. But what do you care? And then the weeping woman, Picasso, of course. Richard Linder, you can go see him at the MoMA. Uh, friend of the Martyr. I love that. The Friend of the Martyr moment, you know, where mm. you, that's a cool, that's a cool, weird painting yeah I, like I mean very strange uh yeah the garden of earthly delights Hieronymus bosch this was the biggest moment of the whole video for me the crash zoom on the fire the butt on fire and the fact that that's not in the still image oh it is it is right there okay it really really zooms on fire coming out of that asshole and i don't know why what was bob dylan trying to tell me what was the director trying to tell me that they needed to zoom in to the asshole on fire i think the fiery furnace Oh, gotcha. God, right in the butt. Just I just right don't... Right in the butt. No. And then talk, speaking of butts, there's Bob Dylan's face. Uh, and then never forget the moon stuff. So we're at the end of verse three when we finally see the moon. And let's never forget License to Kill. Oh, man has invented his doom. His first step was touching the moon. That's right. And never forget that he went on stage just like he did against homosexuality and said, what is up with going to the moon when so many people on earth are... You know? Yeah. So anyways, I thought that was hilarious. And we're like zooming into the moon. I want to believe that Sloman and Lois are like, fuck this guy. (laughs) Fuck this guy. The moon shit was awesome. And we're we're not only going to do the moon stuff here, we're going to keep going with it. So to then have Jewish uh, illustrated manuscripts, I think it's pretty powerful too. Uh, Even though it's Leviticus, but we saw Hitler before. Like that, that to me is pretty powerful. Law of the Jungle and the Sea, we get this island of Man of New Guinea. It's a little bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. Law of the Jungle, not cool. Yeah. Uh, the Milk White Steed, though, Battle of San Romano. I don't you hate the Milk White Steed. I just hate the idea of describing anything as Milk White. Milk it's white. really upsetting. Yeah. What do you think about Michelangelo's David, though? Did you ever see David? That's in, like, Italy. I you don't guys think didn't so. Go we didn't go. We did. Um, mm-hmm. And we went to Rome, but we. I, I don't think that... We we did we definitely didn't go to there. Go to David. Yeah, I don't think we went to an art museum at all. No. That's fair. Er, I don't know. Is it at a no. museum or is it outside? I don't. Even I know. have no fucking idea. We didn't see it. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Georgia O'Keeffe. <gasps> we did. We did. We went to. I don't know if we saw David. Sorry, but we went to the Vatican Museum where uh-huh. all the things are. Oh, like the Sistine Chapel mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Did definitely you see that? Not there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's a weird, hot 
farty room. Probably still smells like a little Really weird hot party. <laughs> what do you think about the cow, cow skull? What am I supposed to think about it? The okay, red, isn't she the one that writes all the drops of the vaginas? The flower vaginas, vaginas? Yeah. But then she also did that, I guess. She does that. That's mm. not so much vagina That's more cow skull. It's more cow skull. And then, of course, we get Chief Joseph out here. Go to Joseph Oregon, the Nez mm-hmm. Pierce, um, Edward Curtis. Um, I would recommend a book by Timothy Egan, Midnight of the Shadow Catcher. It's a fantastic biography of Edward Curtis. He is fantastic. And Edward Curtis is this. This is my background of my... Mm-hmm. And so that's a classic Edward Curtis... Um, a picture. picture. I'm sure you can't really... No, can't really do much about that. And then we get back to Bob. And let us never forget that Bob then morphs into, into the moon. a moon. And then we get a weird animated thing. We sure do. Super weird, but yeah, also... They liked it so much, they're bringing it back. Then we get to a couple of things. The 3rd of May, 1808. So this is Spanish standing up against um, Napoleon, if I'm not wrong, 1808. Yeah, so that's Francisco Goya, which very very famous uh, painting. Uh, I'm sure, I think you can see that in, in Spain at this point. We have the armor of Henry VIII. If you preacher man seeks the same, I don't know what that means because he didn't have much to do with preaching stuff. But then we get all this stuff about jokers. I found this to be kind of the the most fun. These are old jesters, old jokers. I mean, some of them are horrifying. Terrifying, yeah. Even that guy. Even that guy just walking around with like spoon hands, but just spoon hands and like holding a fire, a big torch. Yeah. I don't like that. No, absolutely not. And then the the whole time, that's under the verse. That's nights get night sticks and water cannons, tear gas, padlocks, Molotov cocktails, and rocks behind every curtain. That's basically saying don't go to your home because behind every curtain is a jester <laughs> ready to murder you. Yep. So a very very scary. And then we keep going on false hearted judges, um, and we get a picture of Muhammad oh, Ali with arrows. Yeah. So this is a famous Esquire cover photo. Okay. So this isn't a, like. Very old Photoshop. This was a real this photo real, shoot. Yeah. Okay. So this is yeah George Lewis. So the same guy who's directing the video. Um, he took photos for Esquire, and not only did he do that one, but later on he also did Robert John. Okay, F. Kennedy. but that's a Photoshop. That's job. fake as shit. Yeah. I mean, we look at that today, and that's like laughably funny. But like back in the day, you're it's kind of like pop art. You're taking. Newspaper clippings, yeah. or whatever. like there's an art to scrapbooking, but that's a scrapbook. Oh yeah, but you it's cut also, those pictures out and put them. In the but color. when you put it in right after all three of them had been gunned down over the last decade, oh, yeah. it's a powerful statement. Looking on Arlington Cemetery during the Vietnam War, so very interesting. And then we get the Joker, the actual Joker. property of DC Comics, another moving image. Yeah, how did they get away with oh, that shit? It was probably fifteen cents oh. and a high five to grab. That Fair enough. Back in the day. I bet it was today. Nah. You ain't getting that. I don't think Bob Dylan would give a fuck. I mean, Bob Dylan would say, I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, you either give it to me for free because I'm Bob fucking Dylan, which they probably just would, honestly. Why didn't the Joker go after all the jesters, though? That's a good point. It's a good, well, it's a great question. I think basically to highlight, a lot of people think this song is about the Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Uh, I don't think so. I think this is more of a George Lois thing than a, a Bob, Bob Dylan, Dylan. Is that a real picture? The Reagan picture? Mm, sure, Absolutely. I mean, that's out of context, obviously. He's probably doing something... Like to a kid or something. Totally different. He's he's behind a podium, though. Oh, sure. But he could be doing literally anything. True. And he's... Maybe he's like, I'm doing a Bowenkle impression. Gotcha. 
But this is where Bob Dylan comes out with that harmonica solo. So we didn't really talk about it before, but the harmonica is definitely going through something. Not very harmonica-y. Yeah. The, and it's also very short. Is a little harmonica better than no harmonica if it is literally five seconds of harmonica? Yeah, this is pushing it. because This is the, this is the first example we've had of like, oh, you showed up with harmonica. That's gr- Oh, it's over. Yeah, well, it's, it's also just the, the way that it is definitely modified. In post, I'm assuming, since that was all done after the oh, fact. Yeah, after. yeah, they took out a lot of the, the reverb and the feedbacky sound that a harmonica naturally has, just that overblown mm-hmm. kind of sound. I don't know. This is my first like contested, do I like this? Nice. I will say that the harmonica during the... It's not Jay Leno. Letterman uh, performance, mm. that was another testament to Bob is a great musician and a great fucking harmonica player. Yes. Because he was clearly fucking around with trying to get the sound right and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And got right back into because the band was just keep kept going consistently, like fucking going nuts. Just going nuts. And he got right back into it. And he, when you could hear it, he was following it. And clearly, it didn't start where he thought it was going to start because right. he had all that stuff there. But he was able to pick it up immediately because mm-hmm. the dude's a great musician. Great <laughs> just, musician. just saying. So that was another like perfect moment and a good harmonica moment. Great well, harmonica. I also love it as a live TV moment. Just to go back to it because it's impossible not to. Uh, is that. Th- Nobody moved. Nobody was like, cuts commercial, Bob's yeah. like, no, it's like, we're watching whatever. And the musicians right never now. broke. They never stopped for even for a second or even, they're just like happy. They didn't even matter. Like, yeah, of course yeah. Bob Dylan's doing what the fuck he's doing. It Who doesn't matter. We're going to fucking play this we're hard. We're fucking Letterman. Yeah. And we're fucking hard. And we're going <laughs> to do this shit. And I love it. I yeah. love it. And That's if cool. I were in that band or a part of that band, I would be so fucking proud that I could like play that forever. Uh, yeah. Super cool. So let's finish this thing out we're on the final verse we're watching the scream which everybody knows that's and like one of the famous paintings ever one of the most and in the shadow of the world skies are slippery gray i love that over top of that a woman just gave birth to a prince today and dressed him in scarlet i love that they put that aztec doll i don't think I'm... because it, it's almost harkening back with a very very biblical idea of the woman gave birth to a prince today. I mean, that's you know Mary giving birth to Jesus, and we're juxtaposing it with a culture that came. I mean, it came after, but it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. As in, it this is Untouched. just a fucking story, yeah. but it's also a story. Like they had that too. Everyone's had that. This you think I'm writing about Jesus or whoever, but I'm actually writing about this Aztec family. Yeah, same way. Like people got dragons all over the world. Um, that I got full disclosure the the idol or the statue giving birth I thought it was a dude and I thought that was his weird person dick at first (laughs) and then when I watched it the second or third time I was like oh it's it's a lady it says it right there never never forget never forget person person dick dick. (laughs) oh Aztecs you're basic (laughs) (laughs) that's weird and then we close out with an extended uh, Bob Dylan eyes closed eyes closed Eyes are a little open, turning into the moon. <laughs> That's the only way you're, place you can go. Once you've had your eyes closed solidly for four and a half minutes and you open them creepily, you got to turn into the moon. It's your only move. That is going to be the cover of this That's episode. It's fucking terrifying, it's, the half moon. It's, it's, it's awful. If you thought you couldn't be horrified by a half moon, half face <laughs> Bob Dylan. Think again. Go to our website, SOTWPod.com. The only resource, honestly, for Bob Dylan, as we've discussed, BobDylan.com is a pile of garbage. Wow. 
It's true. They're wrong about everything. They're just not up to date the way that SOTW Pod is. They're not even up to date with with our podcast. They don't even host our podcast. I mean, Columbia, rude. Is your goal to piss them off so much they give us money somehow? That'd be great. <laughs> or give us an exclusive interview with, with Bob Dylan. Holy moly. I don't even know. How <laughs> I would ask him about this. So, first and foremost. Real talk. If that ever happened, mm. I feel like you would be a wreck and I would just be like, hey. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a wreck. I just think I would I would I would stress so much over the questions mm-hmm. and then as he walked in, I would want to do my Batman Bob Dylan and then he would hate me. <laughs> I'd be like, This is about right. And then I would leave and then you would conduct the interview, that would be normal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean it'd be a real scoop. But before we can get to the scoop, Kelly, you have to understand fundamentally that SOTWpod.com is the greatest website on earth. Mm, and if you grapple with that fact, then you can go to twitter.com slash SOTWpod and see that we are on that website, twitter.com, and we are amazing. And this week in particular is really great because we're going to be tweeting out so much Infidel stuff. So you're going to see all of the stuff that we've been talking about. So I'd recommend doing a quick dive uh, if you're listening to it or if you're listening to it in the future, go to our website because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing we did for like Man Gave Names to All the Animals. Um, if dogs went free, you know, we had such a great time on Twitter with that. So we're definitely going to have a great time here with that. So please check that out and you can, you know, comment and do anything. I mean, Twitter.com is a robust website. The or, way that you're saying Twitter.com is really upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. the idea of saying it completely. That's yeah. what I'm going for. And if, if Twitter.com is not your thing, then Facebook.com is your thing. Oh my God. Instagram.com, not really. People don't really .com it. You True. definitely get that app. Uh, and then the last one would be Tumblr.com. Which is the thing. Great. But you would use Tumblr probably on your app too. Great. Yeah. So our Tumblr is actually pretty dope. And we're going to be doing a lot of that cross-referencing too. So anyways, this is the end of the episode. Patreon. Patreon.com slash SOTWpod. There you go. It's not going to have as many cool pictures or anything like that. But it's going to have so much stuff. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to be like Bob Dylan in the moon. (laughs) The way Bob Dylan is looking at himself becoming the moon is how you are going to be looking at all of the content that we have just for you. Amazing. Next week, we are coming to you for another hit Bob Dylan song called Tight Connection to My Heart. Has anyone seen my love? There's no question mark. Oh, question mark. Is the question mark there? Sure enough. Damn, all right. Pop, I popped out my CD of, of Empire Burlesque, and there is a question mark on Has Anybody Seen My Love? Next week, we're going to get to the bottom, honestly, first and foremost, of why there is no question mark on Spotify. And who is she? A question mark. Well, I think I have an answer for you. But we'll talk about that when we get to Empire Burlesque, which could be any time now. Moonface Bob Dylan says Moon well. Dylan. Moon Dylan. Moon Dylan. We'll see you on. Full moon and empty arms The moon is there for us to share But where are you?